Hello, my friends, and uh, welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Netjabar. This is going to be episode 79, and we're going to do the readings for the 25th Sunday of Ordinary Time. Sorry that I did not make last week's episode. I had a difficulty uh, time finding the time. So, um, let's begin uh, with the act of contrition. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray for me and with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us and forgive us all our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Now we go to the Gloria. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy Ones, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Okay, so, we are in the 25th week of Ordinary Time. And um, I know that I didn't haven't done any for the last week. There's a lot of stuff going on on the news, uh, especially things going on within the church. There's a lot of uh, I was supposed to do something on Shia LaBeouf's uh, conversion to Catholicism, and I haven't had really um, a lot of opportunity. Uh, things are moving really fast. I mean, it's like one one thing is on top of the um, the news, first being within the Catholic Church, and then you got got something that comes around quickly. One of the things that really um, is concerning to me is that I hate to say this, but I, I haven't seen. I mean, people come to church but there's not a lot of people coming to church that's the numbers are dwindling and uh you know um i think there's a lot of damage that's been done since the shutdown when the churches were closed and i believe that you know it showed the the achilles heel of 
of church life, of, uh, of, of the faith within our secular society. You know, um, I think much of the Achilles heel, I'm going to have to say this, is within the shepherds, our, our own shepherds. If anything, the Achilles heel is ecclesiastical clergy. The clergy is the Achilles heel, the weakness. It's like that Jenga game. You know, you pull out that one piece, that one piece that brings the entire tower down. And that one, that one piece that is that, that holds it all together. You know, it's funny. I was listening to a messianic Jewish guy talking on one, one for Israel. And um, he's American born and he believes in Jesus. Um, and he said that when he was in the military, he, um, when he was being trained how to use a, uh, one of those military rifles, take it apart, put it back together again. And the one thing that, that makes the gun function, that holds the gun together, is a pin. And you lose that pin, the gun won't work. And not to mention you lose your weekend pass. <laughs> yeah, so that was a big thing. Well, um, the, there is no weakness in the gospel. There is no weakness of the Catholic faith on a divine level. On a divine level, the faith is perfect. Okay, the, the church on a divine level is absolutely perfect. The sacraments come from Christ. Everything comes from Christ. The priesthood comes from Christ. All right, but on a human level, on a human level, and I have to say uh, that this problem, the pin that holds everything on a human level is the clergy. They are absolutely, not all of them, and I'm not saying all of them, there's many good ones out there. There are good ones out there. And they, they unfortunately, I don't think they can do anything about this. I mean, I don't know if you heard the recent news report. Um, the German bishops, are uh, the German Catholic Church is clearly going, I mean, maybe it's wrong to say it. Maybe we'll just say the bishops. It's clearly corrupt. They voted they had a secret ballot where they voted that about changing the church's teaching on sexuality, changing the church's teaching about gay, gay sexual practice on divorce and remarriage. And well, some of them actually spoke up or they voted on a secret ballot to say no. They actually voted no when the, some of them were so betrayed. So they decided to have an open vote and they all folded. 
they all collapsed, or I would say collapsed, like a Jenga, proving that on a human human level, the weakness of the faith on a human level, on, on an earthly level, the pin, the missing pin, is them. They're the weak part. They have no faith. I mean, think about this carefully. So if they if they stood up and defended the faith, what was going to happen to them? Were they going to be have their heads cut off like Thomas More and and, and, John, and Bishop Fisher? No. Were they going to be sent to the guillotine? The answer is no. Were they going to be put in front of a shooting firing squad? No. There is there is no sentence of death. There is no danger of death. The only thing is that they'll be hated. They'll be despised. Maybe or maybe not. You don't know unless you cross that bridge. Unless you crawl, you walk through that door and stand up and say, For Jesus Christ, my Lord and King, I say no. We cannot go this direction. Fine. Fine. I think we all, if we love Christ, are willing to take on the blows, the spits, the, the strike, because he took this on for us. All the the slings and shots and arrows of that, that whatever Shakespeare says, and willingly accept it, willingly be hated. Maybe in, in many cases, we should be hungry to represent Christ and willingly suffer for Christ. I know martyrdom is not something anybody wants. And a lot of people, I think, because for some reason, someone will be willingly to be hated politically. Even a Trump supporter is willing to be willing to be hated because they support Trump. But when it comes for Jesus Christ, why eat the clergy, which is supposed to be the shepherds are supposed to be willingly to suffer for Jesus Christ, but they're not willing to. When one is willing to, to, to be hated being a Democrat or be hated for being a Republican, be hate, willingly be hated for being a communist, they're accepting the fact that they're despised for socialism and communism. Even someone is willing to be hated to be to be a white supremacist or be called a not there are people out there that are willing will be happy to be hated for that but when it comes for Jesus Christ when it comes to our lord and savior everybody folds remember what our lord said one is not worthy of me if they're not willing to to leave home land to leave wealth and power, even your father and mother, your brother and sister, for my sake. And he even said that I have not come to bring peace, to bring peace but the sword. Okay, that 
one has to be, you know, one's own enemies will be one's own household. No, that, you know, that is, it is a tough thing. But think carefully about this one. People can be hated for being, for being, are willing to be hated for being gay, are willing to be hated even to being a, a anti-Semite. There are, there are people that are willing to be hated for that. There are people who are willing to be hated for being a Trumpster. One is, one is willing to be hated for being, you know, for being a Democrat or a Marxist or a socialist or, or even a Nazi. One is willing to be hated for these things. But one, but when it comes to Jesus Christ, hell no. It's too much. These bishops, they're not facing death. They're not facing a, a firing squad. They're not facing a guillotine. They're not facing a sword. They're not going to go to the gas chamber. Why not? Why not for Jesus' sake? Why not? Maybe I'm wrong to stand here and, and say cast judgment, but think carefully. How many people are leaving the church? The, the shutdown the, during the COVID revealed the Achilles heel. Many priests were prevented to going and giving last sacraments. The last rites. They shut the church down. They closed the doors. And and they were okay with that. They were, they were okay for that. It's 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 And, and, and then you got, well, Archbishop Cardinal Walton Gregory telling his priests that they cannot deny Joe Biden Holy Communion. And then Nancy Pelosi is not denied Holy Communion. All right. And so when there are some people who, who may not be strong in the catechesis wise for their faith but when they see that they're going to be told by let's say some evangelical Christian so you you know you, you say Holy Communion is like the highest thing you believe that it's the real presence of Jesus Christ and we know that someone like Joe Biden President Joe Biden is calls himself a Catholic, uh, likes to boast about that, and doesn't, you know, he, he, he goes against church teaching. He supports abortion, supports gay marriage. He, he performed a service for he married two men twice. 
and and they're passing, they want to pass the Marriage Equality Act or something, and they're willing to push for it. That will equal that will give rights to bigamists. That will even give right rights for um, uh, like four people to be married with each other. You know, like um, two men and two women, or four men or four women married to each other. And in many cases, they're probably going, they're probably will even legalize uh, uh, pedophilia. Give them that. So this guy, President of the United States, is is claims to be a Catholic, and the bishops the bishops are willing to give him holy communion. They're willing to betray Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior for an earthly prince, for an earthly ruler. They're willing to do that. They're willing to stab our Lord. They're willing to desecrate our Lord for a public known sin. Now, why, why am I talking about this? Because this is what's causing people to leave the church. This is what's going to cause a lot of people to say the Catholic Church is fake. The Catholic Church is a lie. The Catholic Church doesn't preach the gospel. The Catholic Church does not love Jesus Christ. The Catholic Church is not holy. I mean, if I, if I, if I, if I did not know my faith, and there are people who may have been catechized, but their faith in Christ, they, they're scandalized by this. I'm scandalized by it. But I know enough to realize that this was predicted, that this was foreseen. We were warned about this, about the scandal. I'm, I mean, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not perfect. Theologically, I'm not perfect. My knowledge of a lot of things is not perfect. And, you know, I'm not going to abandon the faith. I'm just disgusted. I'm disgusted. James Martin can get, can walk around and he's preaching sodomy. There are a lot of church Karens, you know, both in the nunnery and both in the lay people, you know, Sister Karen, I'll call them that. They, they're concerned about the numbers that they have to bring in for catechesis. Meanwhile, these kids are not strong in foundation in their faith. They're not strong in the foundation of their faith. And meanwhile, we also have the Latin mass group who, in my opinion, are just as weak in their faith because they, there are some of them, I mean, who say that the catechism of the, of the Council of Trent is the only one and they reject, they don't, maybe they don't reject the Macca conception, but they'll direct, they'll reject the divine mercy because they don't, they don't trust it. They don't accept it because of John Paul II. What are you going to do? Because on one hand, 
our clergy, because many of them are many of them are are weak, many of them are vain men, many of them are narcissistic homosexuals. They are. They just don't. They just don't care. Because really, the biggest problem. Because sin is a psychological thing, especially when someone gets into deep, into sexual, immoral sin. And as you see, it, 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 it basically, it's, it's akin, but what it does is it, it, it affects you. It, you know, it affects you on a, on a vain level, on a prideful level, you know, Probably it's worse than uh, than someone who overeats, than someone with who is a glutton. But it's because it's a glutton of sexuality. <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously, people who are in the porn industry will tell you, uh, statistics were taken, that that one that someone who is involved in that industry involved in the porn industry there's a high suicide level there's an extremely high suicide level and because it drives them crazy it it, it, it takes them to the level of depression there's no meaning in their lives it's pointless there's no love and then there are those who, who also who are, let's say, not maybe not in the porn industry, but who are involved in a very sensual, promiscuous lifestyle are going to find themselves in the same, same situation. You know, regardless whether it's, let's say, uh, a homosexual lifestyle, a bisexual lifestyle, or a... Uh, a promiscuous heterosexual lifestyle, they all eventually are are depressed, are depressed lives, and they commit suicide. So you, we have to understand is that it 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 basically changes it changes your view. It makes them actually bitter. It makes them hateful. And. They have very poor relationship with people because they live a promiscuous, sensual, perverted lifestyle. You know, I mean, seriously, look at it. Look at the, the fact that they, um, that they get involved with, it just gets worse. Some people, it just gets worse and worse and worse, that lifestyle. And, be, and, and, and you, you begin not to see the value of the person, but you see them only on a uh, object level. It destroys them, and it ch and it changes their your your view your view about the world. It changes the the view about the um, how you see another human being. It changes your view about life. It makes them maybe more you know hateful, and you're lost. You're lost. I mean, sin does that. It's, it affects you psychologically. 
Well, I spoke enough uh, on this first part. We should begin the reading. Sorry, but I felt that there was some... There's some things I think that should be addressed. It's not a solution. But basically, the solution is prayer. All right. One thing we have to remember is that the consecration in the Novus Ordo, as long as it acknowledges Jesus Christ, the Father, and it follows exactly his words at the Last Supper, is valid. The only problem is, let's say, it's the other oh, trappings of the Novus Ordo, the prayers that come, the extra prayers that come along. Uh, are the only thing that's weak. But the Norisoto in itself, the consecration, is valid. So, as long as it says it exactly as our Lord said at the Last Supper, it's valid. Our only dealings uh, is with the other trappings of the of the Norisoto, a lot of the prayers. A lot of the prayers that basically are weak. And let's say, okay, we can say about the music. We already know that. Um, we don't We don't need to see liturgical dances because the apostles didn't do that. They didn't act like hippies. Jesus was not a hippie. And he didn't, uh, you know, it, you know, it was the institution of the priesthood. And the institution of the priesthood should deserve better dignity because that's important to us. Well, Let's begin with the reading. Okay, a reading from the book of the prophet Amos, chapter 8, verse 4 to 7. Against those who buy the poor for money. Hear this, you who trample upon the needy and destroy the poor of the land. When will the new moon be over, you ask? that we may sell our grain, and the Sabbath, that we may display the wheat. We will diminish the ephah, add to the shekel, and fix our scales for cheating. We will buy the lowly for silver, and the poor for a pair of sandals. Even the refuse of the wheat we will sell. The Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob Never will I forget a thing they have done. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's read it one more time. Hear this, you who trample upon the needy and destroy the poor of the land. When will the new moon be over, you ask, that we, that we may sell our grain, and the Sabbath that we may display the wheat? We will, we will diminish the ephah, add to the shekel, and fix our scales for cheating. We will buy the lowly for silver, and the poor for a pair of sandals. Even the refuse of the wheat we will sell. The Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob, never will I forget a thing they have done. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Now, of course, this could be easily um, be interpreted on a social justice level. And we know how that's very popular right now. 
it can be definitely interpreted that way. And there's nothing here that actually does not mean we should be concerned about poor people. But remember what our Lord said, which everybody seems to forget. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. That should stand out. There should always be justice. There should always be um, a concern for the poor. But as much as we should, a person should fight for them, the poor can also be exploited by justice, by activists, and they have been. They have been. Because we know it has happened. I mean, look at this whole recent stuff about uh, Black Lives Matter, how they have gained a lot of money from corporations by talking about justice and racism and and white guilt and white supremacy and uh, white privilege. And they collected a lot of money and they have not used their money to defend the poor, to help poor children go to schools or 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 help fight hunger or or help for any other forms of justice that they love to talk about. No, none of that has happened. Now, recently on the news, they were there arguing about how someone from among their organization stole money from them. And he admitted that he did. But he also admitted that they have stolen money too. Because they, that's what the whole purpose was. That's what the whole purpose of the organization. Anyway, I digress. What we can also talk about here on a spiritual level is that how the poor of faith, how the poor in the faith have been uh, abused, exploited. You know, that's it's obvious. Think about it. You know, I mean, here it mentions about when will the new moon be over, you ask, that we may sell our grain, and the Sabbath that we may display the wheat, we will d- diminish the ephah. And then how it mentions here how even the refuse, refuse of the of the wheat, the the shellings, whatever is of the grain that's left behind, you know the you know just the leaves or whatever can they they will use it uh, and sell. <sighs> you know, in many ways, you can abu- abuse people. By cheating them of their faith. By depriving them of their faith. Nothing is worse than that. I think. The Lord said the poor will be. Always be with us. In other words. There's, there's no fighting it. There's always going to be poor people. You know. If, if, if we keep. You know. Holding on to. Nonsense. Or ignoring the nonsense. The abuse. Of the clergy. But. The fact that they 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 refused to let priests go to hospitals, people who are dying from COVID, not to get to deny them sa- a sacrament, deny them the, the 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 Lord's, the body and blood of our Lord, no, that in itself is a robbery. It's robbery of the faith. 
it's robbery and, and and it should it should be stopped you know how they keep asking us for a bishop's or cardinal's appeal and where does the money go did the money ever went to fighting abortion no it it went to the to the bank account of the bishop it went to his uh his residence it went to donations to uh democratic groups and never has it you know which means that the people's money has been abused anyway let's move on um let's move on to the to the psalm psalm 113 praise the lord who lifts up the poor praise the lord who lifts up the the poor praise you servants of the lord praise the name of the lord blessed be the name of the lord both now and forever Praise the Lord who lifts up the poor. High above all nations is the Lord. Above the heavens is his glory. Who is like the Lord our God who is enthroned on high and looks upon the heavens and the earth below. Praise the Lord who lifts up the poor. He raises up the lowly from the dust and from the dunghill he lifts up the poor to seat them with the with uh, princes, with the princes of his own people. It's um, it's a beautiful psalm. It's very beautiful. All right, let's move on to the next one. Second reading, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 8. Paul's letter to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 8. Let prayers be offered for everyone to God who wills everyone to be saved. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to Timothy. First letter of St. Paul to Timothy. Beloved, First of all, I ask that supplication and prayer, petitions and thanksgiving be offered for everyone, for kings and for all in authority, that we may lead a quiet and tranquil life in all, in all devotion and dignity. This is good and pleasing to God, our Savior, who wills everyone to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is also a mediator between God and man, God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. This was the testimony of the of the of the proper time. This was the, pre, the, the testimony of the proper time. For this I was appointed preacher and apostle. I am speaking the truth. I am not lying. Teacher of the of the Gentiles in faith and truth. It is my wish that then that in every place the men. Uh, the men should pray, lifting up holy hands without range, uh, without anger, I'm sorry, without anger or argument. It is my wish then that in every place that men should pray, lifting up the holy hands without anger or argument. Okay, let's, uh, let's stop there. Alleluia, alleluia. Though our Lord Jesus Christ was rich, he became poor so that by his poverty you might become rich. Alleluia. You cannot serve both God and mammon. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 16, verse 1 to 13. Um, I'm going to read the whole long form. In your parish, you might hear... Uh, the shorter form, because uh, the shorter form would be in brackets. So I'm going to read the entire thing. Jesus said to his disciples, A rich man 
had a steward who was reported to him for squandering his property. He summoned him and said, What is this I hear about you? Prepare a full account of your stewardship, because you can no longer be my steward. The steward said to himself, What shall I do now that my master is taking the position of steward away from me? I'm not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I know what I shall do, so that when I am removed from the stewardship, they may welcome me into their home. He called in his master's debtors one by one. To the first he said, How much do you owe my master? He replied, One hundred measures of olive oil. He said to him, Here is your promissory note. Sit down and quickly write one for fifty. Then to another the steward said, And you, how much do you owe? He replied, One hundred cores of wheat. The steward said to him, Here's your promissory note. Write one for fifty, uh, for eighty. And then the master commanded that dishonest steward for acting prudently. For the children of this world are more prudent dealing with their own generation than they are than than are the children of light. I tell you, make friends for yourself with dishonest wealth, so that when it fails, you you will be welcomed into eternal dwelling. The pr- the person who is trustworthy in very small matters is also trustworthy in great ones. And the person who is dishonest in very small matters is also dishonest in great ones. If therefore you are not trustworthy with dishonest wealth, you will, you will, uh, who will trust you with true wealth? If you are not trustworthy with what belongs to another, who will give you what is yours? No servant can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, what are we to make out of this? I mean, it sounds like as though, you know, I mean, the final part here, I tell you, use your worldly wealth to make friends for yourself so that when it has been exhausted, they will welcome you into an eternal dwelling. Uh, hold on here. So they, they will. Whoever can be trusted in a small matter can also be trusted in a great one. But whoever is dishonored in small matters will also be dishonored in great ones. Therefore, if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will entrust you with true riches? And if you have not shown yourself to be trustworthy with what belongs to another, who will give you anything of your own? No servant can serve two masters, for you will either hate the one or love the other will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I think the matter can be 
interpreted in the final application of the parable, the part here that says application of the parable, which is, in other words, um, in other words, if you have been given a blessing, a blessing with lots of wealth, which is a very dangerous thing because wealth can change, you know, money doesn't change you. Money only brings out what is already inside of you. You know, when someone has a lot of money and then they started to indulge, indulge in sinful things, you know, you, you've been blessed, you won the lotto maybe, or maybe your business is successful and you've devoted yourself. You know how people can devote themselves to their business and, and they start, and they start treating themselves. They start, you know, they start treating themselves with a lot of beautiful things, a brand new car. Uh, you, 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 you act differently now. Now you act very much more stuck up, you know, believe it or not, people do. I've seen it, you know, I've seen people come in and like, they're very dismissive. They're, they ignore you. Uh, you talk to them like, you know, they come in and they don't give you an answer. You know, they like practically they, you know, they, they turn their backs on other people. Very, you know, you know, and, and, and dismissive because they don't think they have to answer anybody anymore because really what happens is they feel, they know that people are looking at them. They know people are observing their, their, you know, what they're wearing and, 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 that they're very rich. They got a, a very expensive car. And so in a sense, they know people are judging them. They're very, in a sense, more aware of people's eyes on them. And because of their wealth, because of the way they're dressed, because of they're showing off to people their money. And it's true. They feel more, I mean, in a sense, they're putting themselves out there, right? They're putting themselves out there to be, they want to be seen. And at the same time, they know all eyes are on them and they're more defensive. They're more um, scrutinized. And they know people are thinking things of them. Money brings out what already is there. It doesn't change you. You already, you know, this behavior, this attitude is already there. And the question is, what happens? Well, Even though someone, like they say, dishonest wealth, well, in a sense, really, think about it. I mean, you know, you campaign for a bill to pass so that you're, you wouldn't be taxed as much or you, you know, you campaign for this so that you can build this big stadium so you don't, um, you don't spend your own money. That's 
you know, you wound up spending the taxpayer's money. <laughs> That's dishonest wealth. Uh, but we're not going to go into that detail. The question is, what happens if someone, let's say, begins to notice that they feel empty? You know, you've always heard that about rich people. No matter how much money they make, they feel empty. They don't feel happy because they've chased after a worldly wealth and they haven't really pursued God. Now, all of a sudden, they want to pursue God. And the question is, how do they pursue God? All money, all blessings comes from God. It, it all comes from God. It takes a lot for someone who has a lot of money to not let the money corrupt their souls. How does one use earthly wealth properly? How does one do it? Maybe the best thing to do is, I always thought, is that how about not living like a rich person? How about not dressing like a rich person? How about not getting that big mansion? How about not buying that expensive watch? Not getting that, that ridiculous car that's really more for luxury, more for showing off than it is for uh, driving around. You notice that they get these cars that are smaller, like a sports car. They never get the car that actually fits in a lot of friends. It's almost like they don't want to have friends. They don't want to be, to be, uh, to, to share. I mean, I always notice this about all these rich people. Yeah, it's enough to have the beautiful woman by the seat, you know, but really in a sense, it's almost like, you know, really, I mean, is she really there because she likes you or she's there because of your money? You know, you have to really think about it, but they, it's almost like they, they start isolating themselves. Rich people begin to isolate themselves. Either they, they get smaller cars or they get cars where they don't have to socialize with their driver. They sit in the back alone. <laughs> you see what I mean? Wealth already brings out what is already inside of you. It doesn't, you, you, it does not change you. It only reveals who you really are. And, and in a sense, that's true because it's really interesting how people don't know this. They don't know who they are. And all of a sudden they find out how lonely they are. They, they pursued a God that does not love them. Money. 
you have to, first of all, I think with all honesty, first have a relationship with God. Have a deep relationship with God. If money has been blessed to you, then fine, it's been blessed to you. It's been given to you. Use it properly, like Jesus says, use the money properly. Use it to serve the kingdom of God. Now they say dishonest wealth. Well, maybe in some cases, there's a lot of people out there that make their money dishonestly. But what happens when you, when you get into a relationship with God? Or the person wants it says, "Be you got to deal shrewdly with the people of the world." That's true. But I think, in a sense, you can't make excuses or exceptions for dishonest behavior. But one has to deal with with these people because they're desperate need for, for to hear the gospel. I think that's a totally, that's a much more complicated matter. What does it mean dealing with, with people like that? You don't make exceptions for their sins. It's impossible. I don't think anyone can make exceptions for sins. You demand, you, you show them, you show them the gospel. You show them what must be done. You show them what must be done. If they convert and they don't have to make amends, let's say, where, let's say hopefully they didn't commit any serious crime, let's say of murder. But if they made their money and legally it's theirs, but still they have to make amends. They have to make amends by helping the gospel, by making, by helping themselves, by, by fixing the problem, by making penance to, to God. But that's, that's a different matter. Point is, if you're given a blessing, use it wisely. You shouldn't. Use it to hurt your soul by overindulging in sinful pleasures. If you have done it, then you got to repent. You have to repent of it. Money is to serve God, not to serve pleasure. Money is to you to use it to to take care of your family in a good way. But you also have to be careful not to not to indulge your kids with all too many pleasures that that could affect their soul. I think one should live in a healthy spiritual way, not you don't need the big mansion. You don't need the multiple bathrooms. You don't need those watches. You don't need those fancy all those fancy shoes. You don't need the expensive suits. You don't need five or four cars. You don't need, if you don't need a motorcycle, you don't need any of those things. Toys. 
that could also affect your relationship with God and your relationship with your family. What you need is God. What you need is God. You, you, need, you only need God to improve your soul, to improve, to, to make, to, to, you need God. Money, everything else is a tool to be used in a proper way to serve God and to serve your family. Not to live by it alone. It's an easier said thing than done, I know. It's okay, I don't think it's, I don't think it's wrong to travel. I think as long you know, as long as it's done in a proper way, you know, you don't have to live like queen, uh, a queens or celebrities in hotel rooms. There's proper ways to do it. It has to be. Because obviously Joseph Arimathea, look at Joseph Arimathea, what he did. He served Christ. His wealth was for the service of Jesus Christ, and others did it just to help the church. Model yourself after these men, after those holy people, and pray. Heck, I mean, one of the beautiful things about, uh, I would say I would do, is I would spend more time in prayer. I would spend more, more time in contemplation. And definitely taking care of myself to improve my health. But at the same time, you know, as I'm doing helping God's church, I think it's a good thing to, 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 you know, to help out. I think it's a good thing to, you could do the fast more. I mean, think about it. You have more time. You have more time for yourself to, to do the things of God, to get closer to God. And at the same time, you can use your money in a proper way and just pray, ask God how to use your money, how I can help. Instead of going out there buying that brand new car that you don't need, why, you know, why do you need a limousine? Like I said, it's funny how they have less friends, so they buy a car they can drive their girlfriend or their wife in, hopefully it's their wife, and it's not a prostitute, right? Because, you know, for that. And at the same time, sometimes they get a big limousine so they don't have to talk to the driver and they don't have to talk to anybody. So they don't, you know, again, to be isolated. Because that seems what it does to a lot of rich people. They, they isolate themselves. They buy these big mansions and expensive, like, whole uh, rooms where there's and they have very few guests but they got a lot of bathroom maybe you know you get bored to try this one or something it's just weird it shouldn't be that way don't live like a billionaire don't have to I don't think you have to and I don't think it's necessary you don't need that mate you don't need that big kitchen. You don't need it. But pray to God. Pray how you could be at service to him. Pray how you could serve him, make help make things better. Be at use, be an instrument in his hands. Right? I I definitely would be would be one of those that would do that. I pray that I would be one of them. I'm not, 
I'm not above temptation. I'm not above hypocrisy. I mean, like I said, money only brings out what's there. All of us are sinners. All of us are capable of this kind of behavior. All of us can fail. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of both things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us men and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven. And he is seated at the right hand of the Father of God the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living of the dead. And his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. St. Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in the day of battle. Be our protection against the wild and wicked attacks of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.